Welcome to Women of Courage, Living the Gospel with Power. Today is part three of our prayer series. We have been reading and studying Jehoshaphat's prayer, and that can be found in 2 Chronicles 20. What have we learned so far? Well, we learned that there are three nations that are coming against the children of Judah. What is Jehoshaphat's response to the news? Well, we find in verse 3 he says, He is afraid, so he set himself to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast. We learned that Jehoshaphat isn't afraid to go to battle because he's a man of valor. He's afraid to go to battle without God. Now in 6 and 7, we learn that the Lord God, Yahweh, Elohim, is a righteous God. He is the righteous judge. He is the creator. He is the way maker. He is absolute power, absolute authority. He's constant. He's consistent. He's self-existing. He's the present. He's the past. He's sovereign. This is the person that Jehoshaphat was praying to. So what we learned was that Jehoshaphat prayed with confidence, complete confidence in who he was speaking with and who he brought this matter to. Now in verses 8, 9, and 10, Jehoshaphat is basically reminding the Lord of a promise that he made to Solomon almost 60 years prior when Solomon built the temple. And after building the temple, Solomon had a dedication prayer. And part of that prayer was, if pestilence and famine and all these other things come against us in the enemy and the sword, that if we turn back to you, Lord, if we turn to you in prayer, that you will be our deliverer. So Jehoshaphat is pulling on that prayer. He obviously read it and he remembered it. So he is reminding the Lord of the promise he made Solomon. So we learn that prayers are timeless. Promises are timeless. And we can claim any promise in the Bible and the Lord will answer. Now today, Jehoshaphat is part of his prayer. He says, O God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon you. We learn that the eyes, when looking, especially when you are looking at Christ, when you turn to him for deliverance, you are remembering who he is. We're remembering what he can do. We are remembering him as our God. And so because of that, we can pray with confidence. And Jehoshaphat says something very important. But our eyes are upon you. Now I call this the but principle because when you talk to God and you tell him about a situation that's going on and you use the but principle and you say something, give an example, I don't have money to pay this bill, but I trust you. That's the but principle. And Jehoshaphat used it here very beautifully where he says, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon you. The eyes here is a constant watching. It's not just looking at him, but it's a constant, consistent watching the Lord. And again, we are reminded who we are looking at. We need to rehearse in our minds who he is, all of his character traits, all the things he can do, all the things he is. And when we are constantly remembering that versus focusing on what the enemy is doing, then and only then will we pray with confidence. And this is what Jehoshaphat was able to do. The other thing I liked in verse 13 was that it says all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. Now picture this, you're 
outside. You're in front of the temple, the house of the Lord. And everybody has come together because everybody has been told and warned what's going to happen. And Jehoshaphat has called a prayer meeting. Not just the men, but everyone has come together to pray and fast. And so Jehoshaphat prays out loud. So they're hearing what he is praying. Now in verse 14 through 18 is God's response. Now in verse 14, what we learn The Spirit of the Lord came upon a Levite who was standing in the crowd. And this is what the Levite says. He says, hearken. He says, hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou king of Jehoshaphat. What is this word hearken? It means to hear. It means to listen. But it means so much more. It's a call to action. So when someone says hearken to you, they're expecting you to hear what they're saying but they are also expecting you to be obedient. So it goes on to say, Hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou king of Jehoshaphat. He's telling them to listen. God is fixing to say something through me. You need to listen and you need to be ready to obey. So what does the Lord say through this man? He says, Thus says the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Verse 16, tomorrow go ye down among them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of this, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerob. Verse 17, ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, stand ye still, see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And verse 18, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. This is his response. Isn't this beautiful? So let's backtrack. Let's go back up. In verse 18, no, I'm sorry, in verse 15, And he said, Hearken. Remember, hearken means to listen up. Some information is coming. You need to be ready to obey. What is the call to action here that the Lord is giving them? Be not afraid. Do not be dismayed. Okay? This is a call to action. He's telling us to put our fears, our concerns, our worry, our anxiety. He said, put it down. Put it away. Why? This battle is not yours. It is God's. So what is there to fear? What is there to be ashamed of? What is there to have anxiety of? What is there to be dismayed about? This battle is not yours. It is God's. Verse 16, he tells them where to go. He says, tomorrow. So that means the Lord has already gone into their tomorrow to deal with the situation that they're presenting him today. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up. And he goes on to say, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness in Jerel. Now in verse 17, ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord. You would think if I'm told that this battle is not mine, it is the Lord's, I will not need to fight, then why do I need to go to the battle? Why can't I just stay at home? Just because he tells us we don't need to fight, it doesn't mean we don't have a part to play in the battle. That's come later. He goes on to say, fear not, nor be dismayed. He's reiterating. He's telling them again. Once again, this is a call to action. Don't be afraid. So here he gives us a choice to practice our faith in him. 
go down tomorrow. Don't go today. Don't go a week from now. I need you to go tomorrow so that you can see the salvation of the Lord. And in verse 18, they all fell down in worship. Why? If you go to the Lord and you pray to him and he answers your prayer, he gives you information. He tells you not to worry. He tells you not to be afraid. He tells you what he's going to do. He tells you where the enemy is. He tells you where you're going to find them. What else will you do except fall down and worship? It's now up to us to believe and to trust him. So what have we learned so far? We have learned to remind the Lord what we believe about him. We are reminded to claim God's promises found in his word. We are reminded always to pray with confidence. This prayer of Jehoshaphat has taught us to be specific with our prayer requests, to trust the Lord's judgment, to watch him continually. We have found that it is most important that we trust him without the slightest doubt that he will always do what's best for us, even if it doesn't make sense. He has told us the battle is his, that we need not fight in this battle. It is up to us to wait for instructions on what part of the battle we are to play and what we are to do when we get to the battle. Remember the eagle, what the eagle does? He flies into the storm and he allows the current of the turbulence of the wind to lift him up above the storm. He gives us the power to obey, to hear, to listen. And when we do that, we will, without a doubt, see the salvation of the Lord in our prayer. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Women of Courage, Living the Gospel with Power. You are the most courageous woman I know, and I thank you for allowing me to be a part of your life. Until next time, be blessed. Thank you.